Storehouse Dallas. Well, uh, good morning. So this is uh, this morning. I am going to be sharing uh, step six in our steps to the open door. You're welcome to look up steps one through five. I'm trying to make this kind of easy um, so that anybody can follow, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four. You get it, right? Anyway, so uh, today is step six, and we're going to be talking about uh, baptism of fire, which is one of my favorite subjects. Um, somebody told me, I, I met someone recently at the hospital. I was at the hospital with my mom. And um, one of her attendants came in, and we were just talking, and I'm just telling him all about Jesus, and, and, and told him, you need to come to my church, and, you know, just telling him all about how to follow the Lord, and that Jesus is, loves him, and, and um, so we were just joking and cracking up, and, um, and he said to me, man, I bet you, you used to be trouble, and I said, well, yeah, but now I'm trouble for the Lord, but that's the thing about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit and fire is that, you know, I used to have, uh, I used to serve really demons, honestly, when I wasn't saved, but now I'm serving the Lord and, and my hair's on fire all the time. Like I've got that flame from Pentecost and it just stays on my head and I'm like, you know, game night, let's go to game night. That sounds amazing. Because it's a flame of fire, and, it's, and we're created to live lives of fire. And that's why I love this message, because I love, um, I love a happy God, and I love a joyful God, and I love a joyful life, and, and I was created to live that way. And so this was just part and parcel. When I got into the kingdom, now, let me rephrase that, not the church, but when I got into the kingdom, because sometimes I used to go visit churches before I was saved, you know, like on uh, uh, Christmas. And I was like, and they would talk about things like religion and rules and that kind of thing. And I thought, bummer, that doesn't sound good to me. And, um, but when I got in, when I went through the fire and I got that fire, um, my enthusiasm was uh, just so there all the time. And, you know, your enthusiasm is contagious. You get the fire, everybody wants a fire. Because guess what? The world doesn't have the fire. They have religion, you know, but they don't have the fire. Nobody has a fire but Jesus. Amen? So the purpose of the cross is restoring man back to his original state. We were doing our marriage class this morning and talking about you know, the garden. Don't you love the garden? Don't you love old Adam and Eve? They kind of messed it up, but, you know, I'm convinced that we're going to see them on the other side of heaven because of God's mercy. But, yeah, so um, the beauty of Adam and Eve and the beauty of the book of Genesis, which is one of my favorites, and I meditate on the book of Genesis. If you haven't done that, you really need to do it, and you need to take every single word in the book of Genesis and really break it down because you can see the heart of God in his original intent because Jesus came to restore us back to that original state. So you have to kind of know where you're going if you're going to get there, right? John called me the other day and he was like, 
He was like, I'm in this zone where my GPS is just going zoom, zoom, and I'm looking at it, and it keeps like redirecting me. So you got it. Your GPS has to be working. So we got to know where we're going, right? All right. So Jesus Christ did not come to start a religion. Can I get an amen? But he came to restore humanity back to their original state, which is man and spirit. God created the first Adam from the earth, from the dirt. So see, the scientists, like, they got it right. You know how they're like, yeah, man came from sludge. Man came from dirt. Man came from goo. They're actually right. They're actually right. Because God took the thing that he created, he took the earth, and he formed man out of dirt. That word actually means crushed stone. And so he crushed the stone. Remember who was... uh, 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 John the Baptist said that that God can even call these stones to cry out. The stones will cry out. You're made of stone. You're supposed to be crying out. You're supposed to be in a good mood. Crying out, saying, "Woo! kingdom of heaven is at hand. Praise the Lord. So Genesis 2-7 says this, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed, that word breathed means the spirit of God imparting life and wisdom into his nostrils and the breath of life. And man became a living being. And that word uh, living being means prosperous, vigorous, eternal, and happy. I don't know about you, but that pretty much would make your life. That's made my life. No matter what's happening in my life, I'm prosperous. I'm happy. Why am I happy? Because I've got Jesus, and he's got the answer to everything. And I don't need to worry because it's got it all under control, even though it may not look that way. Right? So I love that song, that happy song. I think we played it last week in the marriage. You've got to be happy, and even happy in your marriage. All right, so over thousands of years, what God did is he chose a tribe. He said, okay, out of all the tribes, after the Tower of Babel, some of you guys got into some trouble, so I'm going to choose this one tribe. I'm going to call them my people. They're going to be my Jewish tribe, okay? I've separated them out, and I gave them the law. Why? Because I needed to guard my DNA, says the Lord. I needed to keep my DNA, and so I had to, they had to have the law in order to sustain the, their physical DNA so that I could bring my son through a pure strain of humanity. So that the Redeemer could come forth and bring the original intent, which was there would be image bearers that came forth out of that pure line. So that the Spirit of the Lord could come and dwell in man once again. So that the breath of God could come into your physical body to restore you back to your original condition. What was in the very heart of God when he said, let us create man in our image. And he breathed in us. When we received him, he breathed in us. John G. Lake said this, that God took us and created us from the earth and that became our flesh. And then he breathed life into us 
his son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, we became as we were and as Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. And we become like he is, 100% man and 100% God. That we become, like John G. Lake said, God men and God women on the earth. What that to just sink in a minute. Because you think you have a problem. But the truth is, there is nothing that God doesn't have a solution for. The answer is already there. It's already in Christ. And he's looking for people who will search out these things and live with him in a way we rule and reign again with him. All right. Um, so he sent prophets over 4,000 years to prophesy about Jesus. And they had 48 detailed prophecies about Jesus. Can you put that slide up? I want to show you something. 48 detailed prophecies. These prophecies were about the coming word of God made flesh. Okay, I'll just tell you. Okay, so uh, if you do the math, that is actually the odds of fulfilling those prophecies are one in 10 to 157th power. Think about that for a minute. That's a lot of zeros. The odds of Jesus fulfilling all of the prophecies that were prophesied about him. And most of the prophecies involved other people doing the work. It wasn't even about him. Isn't that insane? But I want to tell you something. He had 47, uh, 48 prophecies about his life. You have to ask yourself, how many prophecies has the Lord prophesied over you for your entire life? It's about the same. It's about the same. The odds of you fulfilling those prophecies are the same. You can look at that. One in 10 to the 157th power. In other words... It's impossible. You might as well get over it. It's not going to happen. You're not going to do it. But guess what? He will. So Jesus, the second Adam, came as a living spirit, a life-giving spirit to restore and give life. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 45, he said this, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living spirit. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterwards the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust, and the second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Praise the Lord. Woo! Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood 
cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. And so the good news is, oh, Paul knew, listen, you're going to be made in, you've been made in flesh, but you're also going to be made in the same image as the heavenly man, as you're going to be made as the fleshly man. Just like Jesus was. Jesus came to show us how it's done. John the Baptist summarized what needs to happen to be the new man. He said, first of all, you need to repent so you can enter into the kingdom. And this is the place where you're going to rule and reign from. So you need to repent first. And I actually did that. We did this last week, step number five, which was repentance. I encourage you to get it. Um, and, and, and some of what we talked about was that repenting is not just a, it's not a word. Like you don't say, I repent. You don't. You, you, you repent is a verb, and it's something you actually do. It's you've got to renew your mind so that your mind can handle the things of the spirit. Because if your mind is wrought renewed, there's no way you're going to believe what you don't see. You're like, oh, I love you, Jesus. I believe you. I believe you. And then the minute that something does it, you can't see something that he promised, all of a sudden you're like, no, that wasn't God. Because I'm not seeing it in the earth. Isn't that amazing? The minute that our natural mind can't get a handle on it or can't comprehend it, we deny that it's true. But the truth is, what God says stands, and if we will come into agreement and believe even when we don't see, and especially when we don't see, then we'll see those things come to pass. Your mind must be transformed from natural thinking so that you can receive by seeing and hearing what he is doing and saying and believe more in the things of the spirit than what you know and what you see in the natural. So the things of the uh, spirit, and I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me. So I'm believing for something that's impossible, right? And everyone around me, I'm not kidding you, or a lot of people around me, not everyone, they're like, that's not going to happen. Why? Because it's impossible. Okay, well, you know, uh, 10 to the 157th power. That's all I have to say to that. What is impossible with man is possible with God. And I'm telling you that, I, that this is the, the way of forerunners. This is the way of the prophetic. If you have a problem with people thinking you're foolish, you're probably in the wrong business. I confound the wives like 24-7. You should confound the wives 24-7. They should look at you and go, well, that's never going to happen. You're like, awesome. Yes, I'm doing it. Nobody agrees with me. <laughs> and then it happens. I mean, what are the odds that you pray for someone? We pray for someone. We were at this, uh, we were at this event this weekend. And upstairs, you know, like we were upstairs like, a lot of us, and um, anyway, healing was breaking out. <laughs> it was awesome. We were like, "Woo!" So people are getting healed. But that's a thing. I went to somebody's table, and they were like, "You know, one of my spiritual daughters said, Tracy, my knee is really hurting." 
And I said, oh, do you want me to pray for it? And she said, well, no, I, I really don't have any knee problems. I think it's somebody else. So I was like, awesome. You know it's a good day when you're excited when somebody's sick, you know? So uh, we're like, who has a knee problem? And somebody stood up. Anyway, they ended up getting healed. And we were just like, but look, that's impossible. I can't heal somebody's knee, you know? I don't have the convincing words to go, oh, knee be healed. But the Holy Spirit does. And so he did something that's impossible in my own strength, right? So it's the same thing with everything about life. It's the same thing with your checking account. It's the same thing with your money. It's the same thing with your rent. It's the same thing with your relationships. It's the same thing with your health. It is not different. Everything is impossible, but possible with God. So uh, John the Baptist, what he did is he baptized him with water, and then he told them that he was baptizing them with water, but Jesus would come and baptize them with the Holy Spirit and fire. Um, Jesus told a few of his disciples next, he goes, listen, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. In other words, follow me, and I'm going to show you how to do what I do so that you can go out and catch men and teach men what I'm doing. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more when I um, give some testimonies. But let's read in John chapter 3, Jesus talks in his own words about being born again. John chapter 3. Verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Say signs. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see, say see, the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you will hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, you are a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak, say speak, what we know and we testify of what we've seen, say seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And so he makes a point here. He's talking about a couple of things. He's talking about the flesh and the spirit and the water and fire. He's talking about the flesh and the spirit. And he's talking about the water and the fire. He's talking about two baptisms. He's talking about the baptism of water for the flesh, and he's talking about the baptism of fire for the spirit. And he emphasizes this. He says, listen, 
uh, most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know. So heaven is saying something. There's wisdom in heaven. That's what they know. We know wisdom. We know the beginning and the end. We know everything that happens in between. They know every plan and purpose that they have for your life. They already know the victory that is before you. We already know, okay? So he said, we're speaking. And he's saying, we're testifying what we have seen. And he's saying, we're telling you what we're seeing. We're showing you a picture of what lies ahead so that you can be in hope and you can come into agreement with what I'm saying. So Jesus died basically to get the breath of God to come into us again so that and remain as an indwelling spirit. This breath brings with it the wisdom of heaven. The wisdom of heaven does several things. Number one, the wisdom of heaven will transform us. And it does so by convicting us of sin, the wisdom of heaven. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. Do you need to go around and, and, and hit people over the head telling them not to sin? No, they're sinning because they're sinners, right? The, I'm talking about the world. They're sinning because they're sinners. But we're supposed to love them. We're supposed to show them the kingdom. We're supposed to display the kingdom, right? Serve them, help them, heal them, multiply food for them. Let them see the signs. Remember he said, we, we know of you. We know that you are from heaven because of the signs. They're going to know you're from heaven because of the signs that you walk in. The signs that you display. And it's not for Sunday church. It's for every day. Number two, the wisdom from heaven by the, by the breath of God will lead us into all truth. And it will lead us where we're supposed to go. Are you supposed to move to Florida? Are you supposed to move to Alabama? Are you supposed to... Uh, whatever, build this, build that, get married, whatever. The Holy Spirit will lead you. He will talk to you and tell you what you're supposed to do. Guess what happens when the Holy Spirit says to do it? You don't have to be afraid. All you have to do, and you don't have to worry. All you have to do is go, okay, that sounds like a good idea. I'll just follow you and do that. That's simple, all right? Sheep, Sheep. <laughs> Number three, the breath of God becomes a point of connection where God connects with other believers, where God will connect you with other believers. You'll feel a deep calling to deep, like there's a grace on your relationship, and you're like, I love this person, and I hardly even know them, right? And that's how we all are as family. And number four, the, the breath of God becomes a point of connection even for the lost, which gives you compassion for the lost. So after Pentecost came, they began to go around and preach about the kingdom and baptize people, not just in water, but in the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you a great example of that. Um, a great example of the full gospel life is a story of Apollos from Alexandria in Acts 18. He was, he was a, a man that was um, actually very schooled in the, the word of God, and he was going around, and he was preaching the word with great conviction. And it says that he was preaching the things of the Lord accurately, but he only knew the baptism of John. 
And so in Acts 18, verses tw verse 26, um, it says, so he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Achaia and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and they explained to him the way of God more accurately. So he had it. And this is, listen, this is primarily, if we look at the body of Christ, specifically in the Western church, you will see that this is the gospel that they preach. They preach the gospel of the baptism of water, which is right, but there is a, there, but, they, but they said, let us tell you about the way of God more accurately. And so you fast forward, Paul comes along to the city where Apollos was at Corinth, and in, in Acts uh, verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 2, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So he said, into John's baptism. And then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, so that your mind can get ready for the Holy Spirit, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after, that is on Jesus Christ, so that they would then believe in the Spirit of Christ. When Christ shows up, when the Spirit of God shows up, he preached repentance and baptism of repentance so that they would be ready to not only receive, but believe the words that Jesus was speaking. Okay, let me go back to this. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. So in essence, there are two uh, baptisms, one of repentance, preparing the way for the fire, and the second, the baptism of fire. Now, I want to tell you the thing about prophecy, you can, everybody, the debate about healing is pretty much settled because everybody, there are people that say, you know, if it's the Lord's will that you be healed. Well, of course it's the Lord's will that you be healed. Come on. Most of the time. We won't go into that. But anyway, so the Holy Spirit heals. The Holy Spirit delivers. Okay. The Holy Spirit saves. But the minute that you go to prophesy, you have to understand prophecy is where the battle is because it's the words from heaven. It's the fresh manna, and that's where the battle is. That's where most of the church will come against those that are prophesying. I've actually even been accused of being a witch by prophesying by other people in the body of Christ. Because they don't prophesy and they don't believe in prophecy. They don't believe God speaks anymore. But God is speaking very loudly to us right now and saying, I'm here. I have a message. I, you're going to be my messenger. And I'm going to give you the words that you're going to speak and proclaim. And, and when you begin to speak these words, it actually begins to activate things in the spirit. So um, I have a, a, we used to have a missionary. We still um, have two houses of prayer down in, in Honduras in a place called Catacomas. And uh, we had a missionary that was going down there. And um, when she was going down there and she was first going down there, she, I just told her, I said, you're going to be like a Heidi Baker down there. And so she came back to me and she was just very weary and, you know, kind of came for a little bit of sabbatical back to the United States. 
And she said, it's just so hard. They're so poor. They're so desperate. They're, they're so tired. They're so sick. And she said, there's actually every day when we come out into our car to drive and go and go to the church and everything, there's a line of people there and they've got prescription medications for their children, but they can't afford to fill them. And she said, it's just heartbreaking because we don't have enough money to buy all of the prescriptions for all of these people. And I just said, oh, I'm sorry. What? You're not a pharmacist. You're a miracle worker. Why are they having to even bring you? Bring the kids. I said, listen, you're like Heidi Baker. You get in there and you heal them. If they're sick, you heal them of what's wrong with them. So fast forward, we went down there. We took a team down there. It was so much fun. And um, we ate beans for like two weeks. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. That'll slow things down. <laughs> I think I'll fast. So anyway, we went down there, and I asked the Lord, you know, what do you want to do? And, and there have been a lot of churches just feeding into these very, very, very poor, very, very violent communities. I mean, they were shooting each other every day, and it was crazy. Um, I, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to tell them about money, about their words, and about the kingdom. And I said, okay. So I went down and said, okay, I want to talk to you about two things, seeds. Seeds are money and seeds are words. And so I began to tell him about that. And about, because when you've lived generationally so poor, you, all you can think about is talking all the time about how poor you are. It's like, nope, can't say that anymore. You can't be negative. No negative Nancys anymore. We're just going to listen to the Lord and we're going to say what he says. And we're all going to like, the glass is half full, right? We are glasses half full people, Right? So anyway, went down there and preached, and then the Holy Spirit shows up, and we began to heal people. And so boom, 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 boom. All these people are getting healed. All these people are getting delivered. And they all started throwing up, and it was kind of messy because, like, they all started throwing up, you know? They're all getting delivered of demons, and so there was a lot of vomit all over the floor. And I was thinking, oh, I'm so glad I'm not wearing flip-flops. <laughs> you know, I'm, start, I'm trying to be holy and all, but I'm just like, Lord, Where's the garbage cans? Anyway, weren't any of those. So that was, that was interesting. But um, so just preaching about the kingdom. So they, they saw, they heard about the kingdom. They saw the kingdom in action. And, um, and they saw these people getting healed. They saw these people getting delivered. Um, there was a witch that was there. And I said, hey, do you want to get saved? She went running for the hills. <laughs> I was like, so I guess that's a no. Anyway, but uh, so we were just having the best time. It was exhausting, but we were having the best time. When we left them, they had so grabbed hold of the kingdom message and the power of God that they started functioning in it. Do you know that you don't need a theological uh, five-year PhD in, in theological studies in order to live in the kingdom? The kingdom is for every single person. Praise the Lord, okay? 
So anyway, they, they got a hold of it. And since that time, they have gone on. And a lot of the people that are in the churches in that community that are powerless are now coming to the poorest areas to get prayer because they are known now as the people who raise the dead. They've raised four people from the dead, like dead, not like mostly dead. Like dead, they're dead, you know? And so, and they, they, when they get sick now, they pray for healing. People are getting healed. So they're known as the place where people go to get healed. If you're sick, go to the poor area and they'll heal you. But they've also been multiplying food. In fact, one of the young men um, that John and I know really well, they're one of the families that we sponsor down there, he was planting seeds in off season. And all of his friends were saying, that's not going to grow. You're planting it off season. He goes, no, I've been prophesying over it. I'm, I'm commanding it to grow. He had a crop that grew and produced a yield in off season, which is, which is impossible. So, so again, the kingdom works. And, and so when, when we were praying for them, we didn't leave them just with a gospel of salvation, but we baptized them in the Holy Spirit. So they had the indwelling spirit of God. So when you have the indwelling spirit of God, here's the thing. He is your teacher, your counselor, your helper, your provider. He's every single thing that you need. So you don't have to come to me. You see, I'm not going to be there with them. That's why Paul said, or Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to teach you how to do this because I'm not going to be here with you. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to leave you with a baptism of fire and the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit can lead you in this way, right? Because I, honestly, I can't be in your kitchen on Monday night. I can't be making budgeting choices for you. I can't tell you what, what, what's wrong with your physical body, but Jesus can. And then you just come up here and we pray for you. Amen? All right, so what I want to do, for those of you that have not received a baptism of fire, I want to pray for you. We're going we're gonna to have some people up here. We're going to lay hands on you. You're going to get the fire, or as they said it in, um, in, in Honduras, they said it's felt like ants crawling all over their body when the Holy Spirit and fire showed up. Don't you love that? What is that, Mordidas or something like that? Yes. Mordidas? Yeah, and they kept saying that. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. And they're like, ants. It feels like ants. I'm like, okay, we'll go with that. Feels like ants. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I just want to pray that you will be filled with Mordidas. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but I also, if, if you have received the Holy Spirit and, and you just leaked several times in the book of Acts, uh, the disciples, the apostles, they went around and they, they prayed for people that had already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they, uh, just needed a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling dry, if you're feeling weary, if you need a fresh touch from the Lord, we want to also pray for you. And then thirdly, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, we would love to introduce you to him. Maybe you have fallen away or you just haven't been, like you feel like, I don't even know him. I don't even know if I know him. We would love to pray for you because he really wants you to come home. And I believe that today is your day. And so let me pray. Why don't we all stand?
Well, Jesus, we just love you, and we love your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross to restore us back to the Father, that we would be image bearers. What a privilege it is to house your Holy Spirit, to be the very home of God and the place where you chose to lay your head. Jesus, we love you. Would you help us to believe? Would you help our unbelief? We believe, but help our unbelief. Jesus, you already know where each and every one of us is. The complexities of our lives, the complexities of our relationships, the things that are weighing heavy on our hearts, the obstacles that we have to overcome. You know the impossible things that are set before us, but God, you already have the word, and the word is yes and amen, and it is true, and it will come to pass. And we stand in faith today, declaring, we believe, we believe. We have the power of the living God on the inside of us. Would you strengthen us today with power and might so that we can stand? And when we have done everything to stand, therefore, the Lord says, stand in that place. Do not move and watch me as I move on your behalf. Watch my salvation, says the Lord. As I move for you, I do it for you. Don't get out of that place, says the Lord, but stand in the place of believing. Even in your weakness, when you're whispering, you can barely get it out, I believe. The Lord says, I hear you, I hear that. I hear that, that very timid, barely there, I believe. And the Lord says, keep believing. So Holy Spirit, just come. We ask you to come. We ask for the, the anointing for the baptism of fire to come this morning. And we just bless you, Lord. And I just bless you as you go out your day to day. And remember that person, wherever you go, this week that doesn't know Jesus. And let him see the love on you. Let him see the joy on you. Let him see the fire that shut up in your bones. The enthusiasm that you have for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I bless you in Jesus' name, amen.
Storehouse Dallas.